Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And for today's episode, I decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. I decided I wanted to take a look at some of the most explosive soap opera exits of all time. Of course, this comes on the heels of Michelle Stafford leaving General Hospital only to go back to The Young and the Restless and uh, pick up her role as Phyllis over there. Uh, We're going to get more into some of the rumors and whatnot surrounding that in a little bit. But first, uh, this is obviously not the most explosive, but it is one of those... um, that it's going to kind of build for us. So, Martha Bryan is best known as Lily um, from As the World Turns. Lily Snyder, that's her name. Um, and Martha herself was a recast. The, the role was originated by uh, Lucy Deakins. And then after a very short stint, Lucy left or was fired, um, this was back in the 80s, so I'm not quite sure what happened, and Martha took over. And Martha became one of the most recognizable faces in daytime. Um, some have said that she is up there in the leagues of Eric Braden and Susan Lucci and Anthony Geary. Um, but the final executive producer for As the World Turns, Christopher Goutman, didn't quite see it that way. He and he and Martha, or Martha's team rather, began negotiations for um, for a new contract, and things didn't quite go so so well, and rumors started popping up that Martha was asking for storyline stipulation. Um, obviously, we don't know for sure who who has this, but I think the three that I named, um, Susan Lucci, Anthony Geary, and Eric Braden, they probably have that because they're on the upper echelons of soap opera stardom. Um, their, their names are associated with their shows. I don't know that the case could be made for Martha... Um, but as those rumors started circulating, Martha put out her own statement and said, "Hmm, no, 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 that's not what I asked for. All I asked for is the same number of episodes and to to keep my same pay. And they started talking recast. Here, I'll actually read you her statement. She says, um, again, this this goes back to 2008, I believe, so it's been a while. Anyways, she says, this has been a difficult few weeks. I did not quit negotiations. I did not want storyline approval. No one gets that. I had already taken a substantial pay reduction last year. The only thing I wanted was to work at least the same amount of episodes this year as last. This was denied, and that is when I heard about my recast. 
Her recast uh, was Noelle Beck, who never quite achieved the same popularity or longevity. And one of the one of the um, reasons for the cancel- cancellation was declining ratings and profits for Procter and Gamble and CBS. Um, which, you know, it's show business, so it actually makes sense. But the ratings decline that As World Seen or Saw was actually directly related to Martha Bryan leaving. Um, if you look at the ratings chart, they, were, they weren't doing great by any stretch of the imagination, but they were doing well enough to warrant um, some time to see if they could goose those ratings. As soon as she left, the ratings started dropping every week. No matter what they did, um, the ratings just dropped like dropped like a rock. And of course, this actually eventually led to as world terms being ended. And this is just the very first of many explosive soap opera exits that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. And there is probably nobody who left and returned to her soap more than Robin Strasser. Uh, Robin had been with One Life to Live, I think since the like 70s. Um, and she would leave for a while and then she would come back uh, and leave and come back. She won many Emmys. Um, she also played other... Um, daytime roles, including uh, probably the most famous of her other roles was um, Hecuba from Passions. Um, in which she's, she really camped it up and had a really, really good time. At least it appeared that way. Um, but we're, we're talking about one of her final exits from One Life to Live. It was back in 2011 before both All My Children and One Life to Live were canceled. And Robin had been having trouble with with her back. So she had went she went to Frank Valentini, who is who was the producer, executive producer of One Life to Live. Um then and he's executive producer of General Hospital now. And she let him know what was going on. And he said, all right, your last tape date's going to be... She, first, she had said, you know, I can probably work until August 19th. He said, your last tape date's going to be July 1st. And she's, she was very confused by this. because She was like, are you sure you don't want me to stay until August 1st? And he said, no. In fact, here is what she has to say about this. I went prepared to a meeting with Frank Valentini and took notes. I gave him August 19th as the last, the likely last tape date for me before departing for what I expected to be at least eight weeks for surgery and recuperation. I don't go to the well without being respectful of Frank's time, so we were talking in shorthand, and lo and behold, he told me I'd be out by July 1st. I said, that soon? You don't even want me to stay till August 1st? No, he said, July 1st. 
This was prior to the announcement that there were a number of other actors also being written out on July 1st. He put me into the exiting herd, and that is the situation to the best of my recollection, and according to the notes I made at the time, I went in to talk about working through the end of August. And, again, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but this was just after all of the Collective Soap Press actually went to bat for ABC during this time. Oh, they're just cutting costs. They own their shows. Carolyn Hensey, who writes the very popular It's Only My Opinion column for Soap Opera Digest. Um, and she also wrote the um, book that came out shortly after the, after the news of the cancellation of both shows, um, Afternoon Delight went to bat and said they own their shows they don't need to renew what are you talking about y'all are being crazy and, and this is the way it worked in the soap world the, so, the soap mags like um, Soap Opera Digest um, Soap Opera Weekly um, I don't know if anyone else remembers but that used to be a thing <laughs> um, even to a certain extent um, soaps in depth. Um, the, there used to be three iterations. Now there's just two: ABC and CBS. Um, but to a certain extent, they all went to bat for the networks, because the networks are who provided them with the stories and the coverage that they needed to keep their magazines alive. There was no rogue outlet out there at the time, at least none that was prominent. Daytime Confidential now um, does, a, does a very good job at kind of calling out and reporting things that the, um, that the shows don't want you to know. Um, and then, again, with the rise of Daytime Confidential, there's been um, a rise of copycats, but none are as prominent. And it was right after this that Robin Strasser actually... Um, so she left, and things were very bitter. Um, the cancellation occurred of both shows, and she had, she was a little bit bitter when the, uh, the internet version of One Life to Live came. And she said, I don't know why they wouldn't ask me to join. Like, I'm more than happy. And she kind of faded away. She started doing some real estate um, for a while. And now she's coming back to daytime TV um, over on Days of Our Lives. And I'm going to come right back after I take a commercial break. And I'm back. And as I promised, we're going to talk to Michelle Stafford now. So this her exit from General Hospital is not exactly explosive, unless you believe the internet rumors, which I think, in this case, should not be discounted. Um, so, as we reported a couple weeks ago, Michelle Stafford is leaving General Hospital and her role as Nina. 
And she's going to be rejoining the Young and the Restless in her role as Phyllis, leaving Gina Tagnani out in the cold. Which I thought it would be really cool if they just did, like, a swap. And um, Gina took over the role of Nina, and Michelle went back to play Phyllis. Whatever. I, you know. Um, General Hospital ended up hiring Cynthia Watros um, to fill the contract role of Nina. Um, but, for those of you that don't know, Michelle Stafford is a Scientologist. And rumor is, rumor has it, I should say, um, Frank Valentini and the head writers were not quite pleased with Michelle. And... They also wanted to kind of start reducing the amount of money she was making. And with with her contract coming up, they decided the best way to do this was to introduce a cult storyline. The cult... And first of all, General Hospital has a reputation for going hard after Scientologists. Um, the mental, The mental health hospital... Is named um, Kasevich. I'm not saying it right. I know I'm not saying it right. Um, but after the Scientology, the head of Scientology, um, and it, it, the mental health hospital has played a prominent role um, since just about the time Michelle Stafford started on the show. And the new cult storyline is said was said to um to be a, a way to let Michelle Stafford know that Scientology is not welcome on that lot. You know, this is an ABC show. Me and meaning that she shouldn't be trying to recruit her co-stars. Um, to join that cult because they're already part of the cult of Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, and for the record, there are very, very vague rumors that this was something that was happening. Um, nothing that I could, I would feel comfortable slamming down and saying, see, I told you. Um, but in any case... It appears that as as the cult storyline heated up, Michelle Stafford was working less and less and was actually wanting to come to work less and less. So when it was time to start negotiating the contract, she just decided to leave. And it just so happened that Gina's contract over at The Young and the Restless um, they ha- every 13 weeks they can let you go. So that that 13 week or in in some stars and Gina's not a, Gina's a superstar. I love her, but um in terms of name recognition, she's not um a Susan Lucci or a Eric Braden or Anthony Geary. So you know, maybe they give her 26 weeks instead of 13. In any case, that 
that was coming up and they decided, hey, you know, the Universalist has been on a on a really weird spiral lately um, with Mel Young um, trying to make the soaps, make young, the Young Universalist over into a, a British soap, which is nothing wrong. I love me some Holly Oaks. But American audiences are not fond of the, the British way of soap opera storytelling. Um, so I think they thought, you know, let's, let's bring back this actress in this iconic role and let's have some fun with this. Like, you know, and there's a chance that they're trying to pair Phyllis and Jack again. Um, because Peter Bergman probably needs a better storyline than what he has. Um, but yeah, so, so the rumor is that the General Hospital powers that be really wanted to force Michelle Stafford out. And they got their wish. And I'm going to go and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And this has to be one of my very favorite exits ever. I, I, I've read about it. I, I, I would love to get my hands on this and write about it at some point because it's just so... It, it's so classic. It's such a diva move that I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So, Beverly McKenzie played... Alexandra Spaulding on Guiding Light. And, and the character was created just for her. Um, and so at the time, Beverly always try to make her characters distinctive, unlike, say, Jennifer Aniston, or, um, Johnny Depp. (laughs) So, you know, she was known for playing these really badass women. And that, that would continue. But this time, the badass was um, born into a rich family, and you know, she while she could be ruthless, she was also kind. And so, anyway, so when she joined, Guiding Light saw a huge uptick in the ratings, and Beverly McKenzie was just as beloved as ever, but she wasn't quite so happy. First couple years were fine, but then an executive producer change found her very unhappy with the way, the direction of her storyline, with the direction of the show, and the work environment. Michael Logan, who used to write for TV Guide, I don't know if he still does, I really haven't checked it out to be honest, Um, but Michael Logan um, wrote this. Interviewing McKenzie was a dream. There were never any I just love her when I work with cliches. After she exited Guiding Light, 
Mackenzie cited her not very pleasant work environment for one of the reasons she chose to leave the daytime serial. Looking at her contract, she discovered she could leave the show after every six-month period. So Mackenzie took advantage of the contract the day before her annual eight-week vacation. Mackenzie went on a permanent vacation. Mackenzie adamantly defended her choice to exit the show. Her bosses felt they had been bamboozled. They're been out of shape because for once, somebody beat them at their own game, she said. I had warned Jill, the show's then executive producer, Jill, Fel- Jill Farron Phelps, although I don't think she paid attention to me, that I was not happy. I was not happy with the storyline. She confided in Phelps previously that she was frustrated enough to quit and was told in response that perhaps she should read her contract. Mackenzie later quipped that perhaps it was Phelps and the rest of the Guiding Light production team who should have read the contract. They didn't read the contract. I read it very closely. I knew every word. The next day, they were all coming over the contract. Somebody said, maybe Beverly's not familiar with the contract. Well, of course she was. She wrote it, you bozos. She wrote it. I've had this out clause since 1986. I asked for it, and it was P&G that determined how much notice they wanted me to give. And they chose eight weeks. In addition to her issues with storytelling, which she said would not have motivated her to leave if her working environment had been happier, Mackenzie noted that acting had simply stopped being fun for her. The hours just made me crazy. They were too long. So what I love about this is, um, and there's a true crime story that I wrote about where it's kind of the same thing. Um, The guy applied for a credit card, or got pre-approved for a credit card, sent in his application, changed the fine part to say he didn't have a limit, and um, every time the, the credit card company tried to find him or get him to pay the taxes, they actually had to pay him. Um, and the, the bank went through, gave him the card, and whatever. So, you know, these people are not used to the quote-unquote everyday people knowing what's in the contract and what we're allowed to do. And it was, this was a very fatal flaw. And Jill Sharon Phelps, um, first of all, she, she's not very popular. Um, not many people like her. Um, is known for, and she's known for creating work environments that are not friendly. And so Beverly being cast as basically her role, you know, the ruthless, the the wise, smart worker going against and beating the big, bad production company is a stroke of genius. I, like I said, one day, I just want to sit and write um, a fictionalized account of this story because it's so it's so epic to me and I actually think that there's a massive market for it um, tell me what you guys think um, shoot me a tweet at author ed a facebook author ed anderson um, instagram same thing author ed anderson let me know what you guys think about this I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back and I'm back. So, 
Um, the Beverly McKenzie story is is one of my favorites, and this is this one is also one of my favorites. Not just because it involves my um one of my favorite actresses, Susan Lucci. Okay, first of all, um, those of you who go back with me from the Generation Gossip days know how much I adore this woman. Um, and actually, I don't remember if we've talked about this on, on, on Drunk Gossip yet, but before I settled on Drunk Gossip, I was trying to come up with a new blog, a new gossip blog. And one of the... One of the... Um, hooks that I had come up with was Six Degrees of Susan Lucci. Um, ultimately, I decided it was more fun to do Drunk Gossip instead. Um, but I, I may actually take the Six Degrees of Susan Lucci and turn that into a, a recurring feature or something. Um, I just wanted to get, obviously, get the show up and running. Um, so... Um, Susan Lucci had been with All My Children since the very beginning. Um, and so therefore, um, not only was she an iconic performer, her Q rating was higher than everyone else's in daytimes, even Oprah's. So she, she was able to demand and receive a lot. Um, so she had wrote a memoir talking about how much she loved playing Erica Kane and, you know, all these adventures and how she had planned to continue with the role for as long as she was allowed. You know, she, was, she talked about staying well into her 80s. And she had started hearing rumors that All My Children was going to be canceled. And she went to Brian Franz, who was head of ABC Daytime, and asked him and he said, oh no, 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 don't you worry. That's just rubbish. And So, you know, she was going out on, on the press tour for her book, repeating what he had told her in good faith. And then, and then Brian Franz came in and said, oh, by the way, guys, we're canceling both All My Children and One Life to Live. And Susan Lucci was pissed. Um, she she was so pissed that she actually wrote a new epilogue for the book and had it published when it went into paperback. And um, in in the epilogue. She went in on Brian Franz. She said that he hired Chuck Pratt, who, um, okay, if you're not a daytime fan, and I understand that there are some of you who aren't, 
Chuck Pratt is, um, he worked on The Lion Game, which was a um, ABC Family show. Um, it was kind of like, it, it's from the same author as Pretty Little Liars, and it was in the very much in the same vein. Um, but one of the one of the credits that he does does get and needs to be um, praised for is he worked with Mark Cherry on Desperate Housewives. And I believe he was also a writer on Melrose Place. And um, so anyway. So he hired her and there have been multiple stories, um, including one from Michael E. Knight, who played Tad Martin, who, who said, you know, they would go up and talk to him and say, hey, my character wouldn't do this. And he would tell them, um, they do now, because it, that's what's on the page, and you do what's on the page. You're an actor. So, um, and Susan Lucci actually went in and said, you know, if it hadn't been for that man, if he hadn't destroyed the legacy of Agnes Nixon and pushed Agnes Nixon out, at the time, Agnes Nixon had been a consultant for the show, um, Agnes Nixon, if you don't know, created both All My Children and One Life to Live. Um, and she stayed with them for many years. She's actually credited with pinning the um, Bianca coming out story, which put um, kind of helped All My Children rebound, not only in ratings, but creatively. Um, that story won a bunch of Emmys for them. Um... So, anyway, so, you know, she, she just blasted Brian Franz for, for hiring Chuck Pratt, for pushing Agnes out, and she wrote, an iconic show is losing out to greed. If Brian Franz could show his bosses that he could save the network 40%, he could keep his job, even if the rest of us lost ours. And she said that Franz was self-congratulatory after telling the cast and crews of both shows that they were being canceled. And that he was, uh, he was full of ignorance and arrogance. And she, she concluded, any network executive choosing to alienate Millions of loyal viewers in the, in these um in these economic times must and then she kind of implies that they must be a fool. Um, she also said that she thought about calling them and saying "f you" and your little dog too, but ultimately decided it wasn't worth it. ABC was not pleased. Um, they said, we have all the respect in the world for Susan, and I'm sorry that she felt the need to write this epilogue to an otherwise incredible career. Her career actually continued to be incredible. Um, as the show ended, they actually called on Susan Lucci to do double duty, um, playing Erica Kane and a lookalike. Um, and then right around the same time, um, she was cast in Mark Cherry's new show, Devious Maids. Um, originally, that was supposed to be an ABC show. They ultimately passed on it, but it went to a Disney Network lifetime. 
Um, and it aired for four years, and I, and quite a few episodes. I I always go to say a hundred, but I know that's not right. Um, and after taking a small break, Susan Lucci is now doing um, Hallmark movies. It's not been determined yet whether or not she's replacing Lori Loughlin, but um, she could definitely be the new face of Hallmark. And I hope you all enjoyed our explosive soap exits episode. If you have ideas or you want me to cover um, either a deep dive or you know something along this along these lines, um, shoot me uh, as you heard from Beverly the Beverly Kinsey, McKinsey segment. You can tweet me at author Ed A. You can um, on Facebook and Instagram shoot me a message, shoot me a comment, whatever you want at author Ed Anderson. And thank you guys for listening, as always. And until next time, cheers.